Hello and welcome to episode. Th- is it 13? 13. 13. Unlucky for some. Unlucky for some. Every, every, um, I swear, every, every time we do we do an introduction, we never know which episode we're on. Like, I don't think there's oh, a no. single time, well, apart from like the first one. Yeah, we're like, is this eight now? Yeah, yeah no, this is... <laughs> every time. <laughs> yeah, we're on like episode six. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, n- num- numbers are dumb. Um, <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, um, so... Uh, today's episode we've i mean we'll talk about what we got planned next coming weeks yeah and how these podcasts will evolve we'll, and be we'll, structured yeah we'll, we'll have a little bit of a change to the structure of the podcast the way we sort of you know the way yeah. we put episodes out and stuff um we'll still have the older the news and what we've recently watched but that may also link in with the subject of the the episode um yeah. but today uh it's just going to be a uh, let's talk about what we've recently watched uh, and news. Yeah, still so get getting into getting into the old um, the rhythm. Of yeah, the, uh, what, what 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 it was. Um, yeah, and it's it's been a pretty interesting, I think, week in the industry. I think these weeks are at the moment because you've got award shows left, right, and center. Yeah, and due I to mean... the pandemic, they're all on Zoom. Yeah, and it's just it's not just been like, great. Obviously, <laughs> quite funny. Yeah, because last week we talked about like the Golden Globes and stuff, and then um, what one thing that I did have noted down today was um, the Razzie nominations and stuff, because obviously ah, that yeah. announced like today this morning. So there's some like I actually haven't seen them. I saw it yes, but I know they were being released today. Yeah, but I haven't. To be honest, haven't seen them. Um, of what I expected, like there's one. Thing I've got I'm an really, image in my head that I think I know. There, there's one thing that I really didn't expect that I think is completely unfair, but it's understandable. And it's like I don't know. We'll we'll talk about that later. Um, we we don't want to break the structure too much here. Um, yeah, yeah. Obviously, this this week's just going to be a bit of a general news episode, and um, we'll 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 kickstart the episode with um what we've been watching. So, w- what have you been watching over like the past week or so since we last recorded? Um, oof. Um, I've 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 gone through quite a few things. Um, most recently, I watched last night, um, East of Eden, um, with James Dean and um. Elia Kazan, uh, Elia Kazan directed it. Um, he's quite known for like on the waterfront, um, street car, a lot of like the Brando films. Um, yeah, and obviously James Dean, iconic. Um, I was curious because I never, I never actually saw it. It was the only James Dean film I hadn't seen out of the three. To be honest, um, I haven't seen it. And um, it's, I knew about obviously James and the film, but one of my favorite, my favorite novel of all time. Is East of Eden by John Steinbeck. Yeah. Um, people in the UK know it. I, I'm not sure in the US, but uh, John Steinbeck wrote um, of Mice and Men, which is taught in like 90%. Of, uh, to be honest, I was never, I was um, never taught it. I, I sort of read not, it off my not. own back. No, and I was never taught it. We basically our year sort of like missed out on that. Like the year, oh, the year above no us was taught it. The year below us was taught it, but we never. We never got that. Basically, for for our year, they just decided to not fucking bother. Oh, which is well, yeah. I mean, if you get rid of Mice Men, which you probably will do, 
uh, at some point if you haven't, if you're in secondary school. Um, very good book. But very good book. I love, yeah. Good film too. Um, the films, but, the films okay too. Yeah, good film. Um, but I love the novel. Um, John Sobek's genius. Um, love his descriptions of stuff, and it's the novel is very, very. It, it's a long. It's it spanned over a few generations. Um, whereas a film focused mainly mainly on Cal and uh, Aaron Trask, um, which is in the novel, it's towards the latter section of the novel. It focuses on, and James Dean is awesome. Um, I he's probably one of my favorite actors, but that's that's just that uh, you know, like James Dean in it. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, the way he he portrays, I think characters who have a mean edge to them. And gives them this vulnerable um, side and vulnerable like personality is. I don't think any actor has done it better, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah. What? So what? What else? What else have you had? What are you going to say? What else have you had on the list then? Um, I had on the list. Um, I've also um, I watched uh, Malcolm and Marie. Uh, you know Netflix, what? John David I've been and Zendaya. Well, this is an interesting one because. Basically, what I've been doing is I've been doing this thing where I try to watch a new film every day, and I've been doing it for yeah. like the past like four or five days, and like I kept I kept coming across it on Netflix. Now, obviously, it was released to quite critical acclaim, where everybody said like lots of critics were like, "This is you know it's great. It's essentially a great character piece," but then obviously, yeah. yeah. A, it has had like a lot of people have knocked it to a lot of people have, you know, said that it was quite boring, a bit of a waste of a watch. I'm quite, I'm quite interested to see what you think. Um, it was, um, yeah, I love the concept of it. Um, you can feel it was very personal to the writer. Um, basically it's about, uh, an up and coming director who doesn't, who doesn't mention his wife, in the thank you speech when he wins an award. Um, and it's a very interesting idea. I think it suffers, um, particularly, I mean, I think the dialogue isn't great. Um, it does have a few pacing issues. Um, but I think overall I had a good time. Um, I probably would recommend checking it out as well because it was a film that was sh- um, shot, edited, um, all in lockdown, basically. Yeah. Um, which is just, uh, I was curious anyway. Um, and I think John David Washington and Zendaya, um, Zendaya, Zendaya, I feel like I'm... Uh, Zendaya, uh, Zendaya, I think, Zendaya. Zendaya, Zendaya, that's it, yeah. Um, and uh, it, it, it was, John um, David, and yeah, they, 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 both of them are great together. Yeah. Um, I think the chemistry is really good. Um and you know, I'd probably say overall, I'd recommend it. It does have its issues though, and I don't think it's as bad as I've seen a few people. Yeah, I mean, say to be it, honest, I've all, seen people like um, absolutely trashing it, like really trashing yeah. it. And like, yeah. to be honest, I've been th- like, I thought it couldn't possibly be as bad as like most people are saying it is. Um, but like from no, what you're saying, no. I mean, there's there's a couple of minor issues, but you know that's always to be expected. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I, 
it's it's worth your time, I'd say. Yeah. I don't go into expecting it great, but it's it's not it's by no means terrible either. Yeah. There's quite a few stuff that's actually that, um over the year, last few years anyway, that it seemed to be panned horribly, but I don't think they're as bad as um people have made out. Um, yeah. There was one there was a film a few years ago, uh, Regression, is it, with Ethan... Regression? It's got Ethan Hawke and Emma Watson in it, and oh, I thought that was okay. And um, um, I'm trying to think of what it was now. Um, I'm not... I don't think it's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a strange one. Not First it's Reformed, the... was it? So I remember First Reformed being actually really good. First, no, it wasn't. It um, wasn't First First Reformed, I don't think. Um, First Reformed was really I can't remember good. what it was, but... Um, I'm but trying it, to find it, it now. There's so many, like... I mean, I'm having, It's sad, I'm though, because it does happen, you know. Um, pe- people... Re- yeah, Regression 2015. I never saw it. Yeah. It was... I was horribly panned, like, really horrific. And I thought, like, when I went and watched it, I was like, oh, okay, it would just be, like, a trashy horror that... I'll watch and then that 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 that'll be that. Um and it'll be quite funny maybe, you know, because it was it's it was really bad panned and it was nowhere near as bad as at all. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think Malcolm Reese kind of falls under that same bracket. Yeah. Um another thing I did watch, um I oh, what did I what did I watch now? Um I've been watching the TV show Ozark, which if you haven't seen, yeah, yeah. Um, I've just finished the third season. First season's not great, but two and three um, are amazing. Jason Bateman is probably the hottest TV director at the moment. Yeah, he's brilliant. Um, the, the, this is another thing as well about things being, you know, unnecessarily trashed. I think Jason Bateman is one of those actors, you know, and people don't really realise the potential he has, and. Yeah, I th- I, to be honest, I think I think it's mainly because of the projects that he chooses. I mean, as, out, yeah. outside of you know Ozark, his dramatic roles are very limited, and when he's appearing in films like, um, because you know it's his whole filmography isn't fantastic. I mean, he was in films like Identity Thief. And you know, central intelligence and stuff um, like that, and um, office Christmas party. If yeah. you saw that, which was, um, they're all pretty bad. And you know, uh, yeah, can't can't say I uh, saw office Christmas party. It, yeah, uh, it's like excited to watch it. <laughs> it's like you know, he he picks a lot of these like that they're, they're kind of like you know, like the for, <laughs> the forgettable comedies. But, he's very good at that, though. Um, he's very good in those. Well, not I would say he's very good in those roles, but he 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 has definitely has. I think like his comfort zone. He's he seems to. Yeah. They're like his comfort. But then roles. if like, but I, then I if you've like I'm, seen I'm this. but then if you've seen films like The Kingdom that he's in with Jamie Fox, yeah. you know, it's fantastic in that, and it is uh, a dramatic role. Is also very underrated. Yeah. Um, and he was great in Juno too. Um. But yeah, I, th- oh, I, I think Gino, yeah. It, it is one of those things where, you know, sometimes he does thrive in those roles. Um, if you've seen Game Night, Game Night's a, um, a pretty underrated comedy, I'd say. Um, yeah, yeah. I, he, he did brilliant. In Game Night was a lot of fun. Game Night was a lot of fun, yeah. 
So it, it's stuff like that, you know. Um, I think sometimes he, he doesn't necessarily pick the greatest yeah, roles, but, I, but I've heard he's great in Ozark. And I mean, I know he can do the more dramatic roles. Um, so to me, it is yeah, definitely I, one I, that I'd say I need I, to watch. Yeah, it's the first season isn't great, and it is like um, a crime drama TV show. You can always look to like the Breaking Bad season and be like, okay, it, it, it takes a lot from Breaking Bad, and I want like it's definitely not the most original. But yeah, the setting and the locations kind of gets through the first season, but then season two and three, um, it does a very good job at upping the stakes very yeah. slowly throughout. And by season two and three, the stakes are really high. You just feel this constant. Um, this tension throughout, yeah. And watching this family try and work together to, um, because he's as a synopsis, he's an accountant for a Mexican cartel, yeah. Um, and after some, um, after some certain problems, um, he has to move to the Ozarks, uh, big lakes in America, um, and he he has some money laundered their money in this like in this this area sorry like he buys uh, local businesses like a fighting bar a strip club that sort of stuff and the fbi constantly on his tail yeah but he like involves his family because he's a he might they make really dumb decisions but they're the decisions that you know um problematic decisions in films that just move the plot forward yeah Here, the, the dumb decisions actually make sense at the time <laughs> yeah i find yeah, so I it's, think it's not that it, I, I do like that. Yeah, I think that that's sometimes an issue with um, particularly in 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 the horror genre, it's sort of like you know, there's there's always oh. the decisions that the characters make, and you know it serves no purpose apart sword. from <laughs> apart from just sort of you know getting to the finish line of the film. Yeah, and it yeah, I mean. Yeah. That is an issue, but obviously, from the sounds of it, it's kind of done in a way where it's made to look like, you know, it has quite a good purpose it's very time, well but done. then it sort of catches up to them. And it feels like, you definitely feel like the vulnerability of the, the family in him, because, you know, he's not some sort of crime lord and never becomes one. Like, um, towards the end of Breaking Bad, it's still, I think, a perfect show, Breaking Bad, but there's times where... You can see towards the end of the season that Heisenberg is, he's like the man, basically. Um, at times he feels kind of untouchable. Whereas in Ozark, Jason Bateman's character never feels like that. He feels like he's constantly walking on eggshells, which is, yeah. um, I think I really like. Last thing I've uh, watched the last week um, that I'll, I'll bring up, um, I've rewatched As Good As It Gets, um, as I, uh, I'm currently writing a. Yeah, a, a rom com. Oh, um, and it's it's um, it, it doesn't age greatly with a lot of its content, but Jack Nicholson is great in the role. Yeah, um, he won uh, the Oscar for it. Yeah, and um, and um, how long he's, too? Uh, yeah, um, and it, it it's it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, he plays the role really well. Uh, it's funny and it, it's it's everything you want from. I think the term rom com now can be termed as something very forgettable. Yeah, uh, I mean, ninety minutes. Yeah, 
cliched. That that's that's um, the thing. I mean, we we with rom coms, it's very easy to you know create a film that is a carbon copy of you know all of the others. Yeah, and then you've got films like As Good as It Gets, um, Five Hundred Days of Summer stands out. Yeah, and you know they don't they don't they don't follow even, the norm. they hit the beats. Yeah, they, they hit the beats of, I think, a lot of romances, but they do it in such a way that's that they add some uniqueness. And I, I wouldn't say, like, as good as it gets, reinvents the wheel or anything like that. No, it just no. does. Um, it, it just it takes a it, different direction. Yeah. And does it so well. 100%. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I want to say it's probably not my favorite Jack Nicholson performance, um, but I mean that's hard to choose as it is. Um, to, to be honest, but, I would, I would yeah. say mine Man's... is is probably The Departed for me um, from Jack Nicholson. The, yeah, I think that He's is always gonna that is always gonna stand out as my favorite Nicholson. Film. Yeah, and I mean, like, it's good. I mean, you can obviously say, but then again, you've um, got films like Sorry, Carry you know, On. But then again, there's also films like you know Chinatown, The Shining. There are a lot. There are so many to choose yeah. from. One throws a cuckoo's nest. One throws um, a cuckoo's nest. Throwing up there, supporting role anyway. Um, he's in Easy Rider with Dennis Hopper. Um, yeah, and he's pretty good in that as well. Um, but yeah, what have you been watching this week, man? Um, so I've got a few to talk about, and some of these, like, I'm quite ashamed to have not have seen before, because you know they're not. There's one. There's one film on this list that's not as big as the other two. I mean, there's there's two of them that aren't like necessarily massive. There's one that's huge um, that I that I can't believe I never saw before, and um, yeah, I watched it with my girlfriend. And it was amazing. Ooh. Um, so the first one is Interstellar, and it's one of those films oh. that like I can't believe I've never seen before because you know I'm a huge fan of Nolan, and I I don't know why it was always one of those films that I I, I think I I guess it was just me never really getting round to it. Um, like it it's it's a yeah. fairly long one, and it's it's. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't even have a, have an excuse. I just never got around to it. But um, yeah, it was it was re- it was really incredible. I mean, I know people love um, Interstellar and a lot of critical acclaim. Yeah, and, um, it it re- it really it really lives up to um, the hype. And to be honest, I'm I'm kind of happy that I didn't see it earlier in a way because. Like I said, pe- people do hype it up, and you know it really raised my expectations for when going into watching it. And even you know half yeah. an hour in, I, I was hooked, and it and like it was incredible. It really lived up to the expectations. I wasn't disappointed in the slightest, really. And um, yeah, it was really good. I mean, after seeing Tenet and being really disappointed, you know, it it kind of reaffirmed, you know, that faith I have in Nolan, and it. You know, it kind yeah. of allowed me to sit there and say, you know, this kind of writing, this kind of directing, this is why I love Christopher Nolan. Yeah, it, um, yeah. um, for, for me, it's on par with Inception, think, which is my favourite. 
Oof, that's that's a that's a bold claim. That's that a bold is a bold claim. claim. I do. Um, I respect it. Though. I respect it. I put it on the table. Um, I do really like it as well. I haven't seen it in a while. Um, I've got a funny story about Interstellar recent weeks as well. Um, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Before the shops closed again in the UK, um, I went to HMV and I was picking up. I think I was picking up a record and uh, what was I picking up there? Um, oh, what did I pick up? I think I picked up um, some Criterion um, and I think I picked up a record. And I saw when you get to the the queue at HMV, there's like a wall yeah. of like discounted. DVDs oh, and Blu-rays. Oh yeah, man. And uh, I saw a discounted, oh, what, what I thought was a discounted Blu-ray of Interstellar. So I buy it. <laughs> it's like two pounds of my purchase, whatever. I get home and it's a DVD, and I'm like, ah, oh, disappointment. I'm to okay be honest, with it, you know, like yeah, big up DVD and all. To be honest, I mean, most of my collection is DVDs. I'm I'm not gonna lie, like Blu-rays are mad expensive compared to DVDs, and like. Over oh, yeah. recent time, anyway, it's like I don't tend to add to my collection much. I think the, I mean, the annoying thing is, like, as much as it's convenient, like streaming is there, and like I tend to do a lot of my watching on str- uh, on streaming services and stuff, and it is sad, but like, you know, um, yeah, um, yeah, Blu-ray is a hell of a It's like, I think that's an interesting to be honest, like. Streaming and physical, and we could probably do it in one episode to be fair. You know what? Um, yeah, we 100% I, could. Yeah, because uh, I'm the a thing big, is, um, carry on, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, the, the thing is, I much prefer physical media. You know, I'd much prefer yeah. to sit down and put on a Blu ray or a DVD, but it, it, it yeah. is again, streaming is so convenient. I mean, if I'm like on a bus or something, or I'm on a train ride, or I'm on a plane, you know, streaming is there. And it's like, I could watch it on my laptop, or I could watch it on my phone. And um, yeah, I think I think that is that is one of the biggest, you know, selling points of, of um, streaming. Not only is it, you know, much cheaper than shelling out on physical media, it's also convenient. Um, you know, as much as I prefer oh, it, yeah. it, it is genuinely like it is just the easier way it to go, convenient. and it and it, it kind of does. It it makes it makes me ashamed to say it. Like I wish I had more time to you know sit there and w- and watch like a load of Blu-rays, but like yeah, I, I just don't. I just don't. It's so sad. Um, I think it's um it's interesting streaming as well because um. I need. I rewatched a few weeks ago, um, Mang, for example. Um, you look at Amazon Video. Yeah. Um, they've got uh, One Night in Miami, um, Sound of Metal, with Riz, Riz Ahmed. Um, yeah. They've got a lot of um, films that you know a lot of studios probably would turn down. You know, um, wouldn't make. Yeah. Films that are quite risky. I mean, Mang, for example. You know. It's it's a it's a risky move with the whole technical aspects, shot in black and yeah, white. Yeah, yeah, um, of course. It's a risk, you know. But I think the advantage, of especially Amazon and, um, and Netflix, that they're taking risks on these films that aren't necessarily yeah. going to be for a mainstream audience. And I, I think I do think that's such a massive benefit of streaming because yeah, it does. I mean, it, al- it allows for that. 
it, it gives people more opportunities. I mean, one thing I will say about um, obviously you mentioned black and white, black and white being a bit of a risk there for Mike. I mean, one one film I will mention is obviously The Lighthouse. Yeah. Um, obviously, but then again, A two four is that kind of studio. Yeah. A two four is the kind of studio that endorses films like Uncut Gems and Good Time, you know, and The like, Lighthouse. The Uncut Gems um, ended up on Netflix. I think they had a yeah. strike, strike yeah. to deal with it. Like, I, I, that's one thing I, I think that benefits streaming services is that it gives directors or films that. Maybe, you know, before streaming services would have uh, showed in a few art house cinemas here and there, but it gives these films yeah. a wider audience, you know, or an opportunity, yeah. potential for a wider audience. And I mean, f- f- a film like Uncut Gems, you know, it it was re- it really, it was a very smart move because it is one of those films that I wouldn't say is necessarily mainstream. No, you know, um, I'd say that e- even though it looks like a mainstream film, Underneath the surface, you know, it's not so much of a mainstream film. No. And Netflix has really helped it, you know, blow up. It is a huge hit with a huge range of audiences. The good thing about that um, as well, with having like someone like Adam Sandler attached, who his comedies tend to be more of a mainstream audience. Um, yeah. It gives, you know, people similarly across Uncut Gems because they, you know, they're, they're a, normal, a normal person who has no interest goes to like a general audience goer an opportunity yeah. to, to you know uncover like a film like uncut gems i think is incredible yeah i mean to, to be honest like um a bit a bit of a kind of story about uncut gems i mean i watched it when it was because obviously in the uk we're always a tiny bit behind yeah but um obviously i i watched it the the morning it was released um in the uk it was one that i was really looking forward to for a while and um, I gave it a watch, and I remember, a co- I think it might have been about a week later, um, I said to my dad, because my dad likes a lot of the older Adam Sandler films and some of the newer stuff too. Oh, I was like, I was like oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, and I was like, you know, you know, watch this. It's really good. And he was like, what is it? He was like, is it funny? And I was like, not, not really. No, it's not that kind of film. And he's like, no, nah, I'm not interested. And like... It's kind of an example of how, you know, it it didn't really work. And, you know, like, my, yeah, my dad's yeah. very much that person that, you know, is attached to those older films. Yeah, um, yeah. My mum quite liked it, though, which was a... I think, um, I think like, like it, it, it's an example where, like, it may win some people over, you know? Like, some people are yeah. very comfortable with their like, consumption, but some people are, you know? Like, Adam Sandler's in it. Just try it. Yeah, and I mean it is because again, you know, people un- unless people have seen Punch Drunk Love, you know, people have never have never really seen, never actually have seen Adam Sandler in a dramatic role, and you know yeah. it is a shame um, because you know he is he's great. I'm going to get onto this a bit. He, he, I'm going to get onto this a bit later, but you know, Adam Sandler is, you know, he's co- he's kind of like one of Hollywood's jokes. It's like. I think even he takes like, in the joke. Like, if you want to watch a funny speech, oh, yeah, YouTube, watch his winning oh, um, yeah. Independence <laughs> for our speech, man. It's, yeah. Like, I think everyone likes Adam these, Sandler. These you know, guys, like, yeah, obviously he's got that line. He's like, these guys will forever be known as the guys that lost oh, to Adam Pocket. Yeah, like, it's like... And, um, like, I think, you know... It, it's a name embracing it. It is more, 
he, he and you know like his comment is you know that okay fair enough you know you got the, the Jack and Jill's in there but they're very unoffensive and I think he knows that but he's so I, yeah. I like seeing him in more serious roles he's in the Marovitz stories a few years ago as well and there was a film yeah. that came out in 2007 which no one yeah. saw called Rain on Rain oh. Over Me and he's no, really no. good in it yeah yeah um, but no one the, saw it yeah no, no nobody fucking saw it but like somehow everybody saw fucking Jack and Jill and Grown Ups too. it's like fucking but um, yeah, yeah, so Stella, that that was my first one of three. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, also big up Matthew Barnhey. If you haven't read uh, Green Lights, check it out. His autobiography, really good. It, you keep telling me. That's oh, no, it's in my basket. Um, but yeah, I mean, take it yeah, out of the basket Stella. and pull it through the pull it through the checkers, man. I'm gonna order it. On. Um, so. The next one I want to talk about is um, it's um, it, it was made in two thousand, I believe, and um, again, I this, this film was uh, again quite um, critical acclaim, um, won an Oscar, uh, won four Academy, uh, I, th- I think um, it no, it won one Best Original Screenplay, um, and it got a couple of no- it got a couple more noms as well, um, but yeah. Almost famous. Um, I don't know if you've seen Almost Famous. Um, written um, and directed by Crow. Um, it's got a great cast as well. You know, Francis McDormand, Kate Hudson, Jason um, Lee. Yes, I have seen it. The um, Phil- uh, uh, the, the, the the rock band on Cameron Crow yeah. directed it. Yes. Did yeah, he? and he wrote. It too. Yeah. So um, the majority of the film set in 1973. Um, obviously, it follows um, a teenage boy, Will, who gets his big break writing for Rolling Stone. Um, after he writes, um, like he releases like an interview um, through a magazine called Cream um, that Philip Seymour Hoffman's character is attached to, and um, yeah, I mean, it's it's such it it was kind of different to what I was expecting. I mean, on, on one hand, I expected it, you know, to be this film about a rock and roll band, sort of the ongoings of their tour. Um, I think they're touring with Black Sabbath in, in, in the, in the film. But I mean, it, it, but one thing that this film does really well is Cameron Crowe draws on his own experiences. Cameron Crowe in, in the seventies was a writer with Rolling Stone. He was a teenage writer, and you know he he really did experience the stuff that goes down in this film, and it's it, it kind of offers a reality on you know your favorite rock stars, if you will. It it kind of show it 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 shows the things that people don't see, you know, the several women, the drugs, and um. It, it does offer a really good insight, and obviously it's a first-hand in, insight. It's, you know, semi-autobiographical. Yeah. And, yeah, it, it, it really, like, I wasn't expecting it to be, I, I wasn't nearly expecting it to be as good as it was. Um, but it was, it was actually um, a lot more 
three-dimensional than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be, you know, sort sort of a, a standard sort of drama, but um, it, re- it really does a lot more than that. And, um, yeah, it, what it was, it was really good. Um, Jimmy Fallon makes an, <laughs> makes an appearance too, which I really wasn't expecting. Really? Yeah, Jimmy Jimmy Fallon, um, the 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 uh, band in the film and Stillwater, basically Jimmy Fallon plays the manager that replaces their manager. Um, <laughs> he's in it for like a good half an hour. That's that's nice. And he was actually he, he was actually quite good. I mean, he played Jimmy Fallon, but like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who doesn't love a bit of Jimmy Fallon? But um, yeah, it, it was much better than I was expecting. Um, yeah, very good, very good. Um, so yeah, I've got one more. This one is oh man, I'm so ashamed of this. Like, you ever whip out like I'm some sort huge... of like taxi driver? Right? <laughs> no, no. So I, I'm a huge fan of Taika Waititi, and um. You know everything he does, um, bar yeah. bar the um, the the in between is USA episodes that he directed. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot. I, I forgot he did those. <laughs> I forgot he did those. <laughs> but um, oh, yeah, um, yeah. So huge fan of Thor Ragnarok. Huge fan of Hunt for the World of People. But um, I'd never seen what we do in the shadows. In the shadows. Yeah. Oh man! And it was again. It was another one that was, you know, it was so much better than I expected it to be. You know, yeah. the very fine contrast between the the sort of horror and the comedy, and you oh, know, yeah. most of the horror, the horror creating the comedy, um, was fantastic. I mean, ah, oh, it it was yeah. just it was just so well. And I mean, Jermaine Clement is brilliant as well. I mean, um, if you've ever seen him in stuff like Flight of the Concords, um, you know, they're, they're both really funny. And with them both writing that, it was just, um, it's it's just great, you know, so many like brilliant lines, like um, stuff like, I think, <laughs> I think we say we drink virgin blood because it sounds cooler and stuff like that. It, it's just like, it's a film that's crafted so much better than it should be. I think it was it was always a great premise because um, I'd previously seen the shorts um, from like I think it was way back in like two thousand five when they did like the um, interviews with some vampires, and yeah, then yeah. obviously the future. Um, I did actually watch Mark Commode review the film after I saw it, and he absolutely slated it. Um, which I don't think was fair at all. If if you've not seen that um, in uh, review, check it out because he really hated it. Um, he thought it was kind of forgettable, and it um, you know it produced a few giggles for him, and that's about it. And he didn't really get where the comedy was. Um, but I thought it was great. You know, it puts a really obviously they reference stuff like Twilight a lot. Yeah, and I think does put a really different spin on that kind of that kind of stereotypical um, vampire film. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it was very, very, very well done. It's funny, but like it, it, 
I think with all the Taika Waititi films, what they sort of they always have this like like heart to them. Though, sort of, I always feel like I'm watching something with lots like this. It's 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 art with so much heart. If that makes sense, um, poet. I didn't know it. Yeah, um, I mean, hundred percent. It's so much fun as well. Yeah, it's like they they have the um the human dude stew, <laughs> and like I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of ruin it here just because it's funny. And, like, at the end of the film, he's, like, ripped apart by werewolves. And then, like, he fucking comes back and, like, the, the, the vampires and the werewolves are just, like, sort of chilling together. It's, it's just, like, it's, it's, it's so simple. And I feel like it's one of th- those ideas that, you know, every writer that watched the film afterwards are like, damn, how didn't I come up with that? Yeah. Because, yeah. like, it's the premise that's just, like, it... It's kind of there to be such a simple premise, but yeah, nobody had ever done it, and then obviously they did, and it worked really well. Yeah, yeah. He's um, I need to watch Hunt for the World of People because I haven't seen it since I first watched oh, it. Hunt for the ago. World of People. And um, yeah, I mean, Hunt for the World of People again. It's another. I mean, Hunt for the World of People has has a bit more heart than films oh, like yeah. Ragnarok and what we do in the shadows and that that's like one of its main driving points but julian dennison's sam neill are fantastic and hunt for the world people it's really uh, good watch it's so much fun um and i i i took what he's just all of his songs have just this heart like i always see them as comfort films personally um because of just yeah they're so much fun to watch yeah it is it's just like they they are they are very much comfort films i mean i um Jojo Rabbit's actually on my list um, yeah, as yeah. well because I still haven't seen Jojo Rabbit. Um, but I've heard it's great. Good, really good cast for Jojo Rabbit as well. Um, really good cast. Yeah, it is. A, it so is I'm a really excited to get to, to watch that one. And is, have, you got, have you watched anything um, else? Or... No, no. That, that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, I've done like a few... Um, like rewatches and stuff, but nothing else worth mentioning, I don't think. Um, but yeah, should we get should we get into the the main sort of the uh, the juicy bit of the episode? Oh, um, why not? Why not? Um, why not? So so obviously, there's a lot of news. There's a lot. There's a lot of news to get through. Um, I've got some big stories here. Um, a few from today. And one from, uh, I'd say maybe it was a couple of days ago. Um, but I, I'm going to get, I'm, I'm going to do that one first, actually. So, um, quite big news for those in the UK. Um, if you've been very disappointed um, that, you know, the Americans are showing off that they kind of get to watch the Snyder Cut and we don't, don't worry. It has been announced that the Snyder Cut is coming to Sky Cinema and Now TV um, on the 18th of March, which is actually the same release date as um, its American release, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did see the news for that. I always, I thought it was going to be Amazon or Netflix taking that on, um, but Sky yeah, Movies um, coming through with the. Uh, the, the plug which i i mean I, i'm in ways i'm kind of not surprised because 
it wouldn't surprise me with HBO Max being a rival as such to um, Amazon and Netflix. And I think Sky, they've, yeah. got, they've, they've got no rivalry there, I guess. So it's probably easier to strike a deal. But um, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. I am looking forward to checking it out. Yeah, to be honest, I mean, a, a lot of the time that the news about the Snyder Cut has been circling around and stuff, I was never fussed. Like, it was always one of those things where I was like, I really wasn't asked, and I think it was because of how much I hated Justice League. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, Justice League was, you know, I'm not I'm not going to sugarcoat it, it was dreadful. You know? It, um, yeah. It's, so it's much fair to say that there, Joss Whedon really fucking failed with, <laughs> with Justice League. And then, obviously, all the stuff came out about you know, with um, Ray Fisher and, you know, Joss, Joss Whedon's unacceptable behaviour on the set. And it kind of shows. I mean, maybe maybe people didn't perform because they didn't fucking want to, because they can be yeah. asked. Um, you know, it, it might be a direct reflection. But um, yeah. obviously, the Snyder Cut is essentially going to be four hours long. Um I don't know how they're planning to release it. I'm not sure if it's one four-hour film. I think they're probably it's going will. to be four one-hour parts. I hope it's the four-hour. I'll well, put film. it as one one four-hour film. To be honest, I would I I would kind of be uh, for that. Not gonna lie. I always hate. Um, um... I have a hatred now. Anyway, um, I always bring that to Once Upon a Time in America, Sergio Leone's. Um, I think it was one of his yeah. last films, but Gangster Epic, brilliant film, if no one's ever seen it. But um, with the history behind it, um, it's Sergio already wanted a six-hour film. However, the studio didn't want this. And um, when Once Upon a Time in America released in cinemas in the 80s, it was released as a two-hour film. This was panned by critics. Um, and Leonin wasn't happy because yeah. he wanted a longer film. He managed to. It was recovered, I think, by Martin Scorsese, and over time, it, it was then re-released as a three-hour and forty-nine-minute cut. And that the extended v- version was, um, I think, there's a famous interview, uh, um, review from uh, Siskel and Ebert, where uh, Siskel literally said um, the two-hour cut is the worst film of the year. The extended edition, uh, the extended cut, is the best film of the year. And I think, yeah, as much as I think four hours might be too long, but I mean, with just the, the amount of characters there were anyway, I think it probably does deserve, need four hours long. Um, and I don't, yeah, I'm I mean, not expecting to love it, but I'd rather it be released as a four hour cut and then you can see, okay, this was his vision. Yeah. I mean, to, to be honest, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. I mean, I really didn't like Justice League. Like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reiterate this so much. I hated Justice League. Justice League, absolutely yeah, yeah. dreadful. But you know, Zack Snyder generally does a great job, and obviously, he is going. He he's done a lot of this film in difficult conditions. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, it's very understandable. A lot of shit's going on in the world right now. But, you know, it's clear that he wanted to make this film. You yeah, know, yeah. 
everybody was calling for the Snyder Cut, and even the cast have said, look, Snyder's work, even on paper, was much better than what Joss Whedon yeah. even, you yeah. know, produced as his end product. And it, it gives me hope that, you know, we we will more than likely get a great film. And I do, I think I think it has the potential to be great. Um, obviously, bringing in Darkseid to the film um, is, you know, it's, it's drawing from the comics. It's drawing yeah. from the source material, something that Joss Whedon failed to do. Something that Joss, Joss Whedon, you know, either didn't want to do or, you know, I, I don't know why. I don't know why Joss Whedon f- fucked up so much. I mean, Steppenwolf as a villain in Justice League was an awful move. You know, it, it was very two-dimensional. Um, there, there wasn't really, I wouldn't say, a good performance in the film. I'd say it felt um, even the best we saw. It felt um, for me as well. Uh, I think you agree, everyone would agree with this. It it was very disjointed. You could. I think the thing is why everyone was calling for the Snyder cut is because I found messy Justice League, and I mean, it felt like there were parts of the film missing as well. And um, yeah, yeah, it's. It, it felt like it had been cut short, yeah. which the Snyder cut happened. Yeah. Um, obviously, Jared Letter return as Joker for the Snyder cut as well. Um, ve- very controversial decision because obviously, if you've seen David Ayer's Suicide Squad, you'll know it's shit. Um, you'll know that Jared Letter's Joker was. I, I, I won't even say it was. He he was an awful Joker. I'd say he didn't get the chance to shine. He should have been in just. Um, I'd say. I'd argue. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he probably had about five minutes of screen time in the Suicide Squad. Mm. Um, and you know, he he honestly, I kind of thought that with the amount of coverage they get them, not only on posters but in trailers. Um, yeah. I honestly thought he was going to serve a purpose, but in the film, you know, he didn't. If you've seen Birds of Prey, you'll know that, again, he is always played off to have no significance. Um, yeah, yeah. And it, it's it's re- it's really sad, but, you know, I'm hoping that the Snyder Cut is going to portray him in a bit of a better light. It's going to give him a bit of a... You know, it's going to set him up for a future role, maybe. I... I if if it's done right, it's like I wouldn't mind. But with films like, you know, um, Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four bombing yeah, hard at yeah. the box office, um, it's like it's kind of like I don't really know where to look with it. I don't I don't know, I don't know what direction the DC universe is taking, and it's not necessarily DCU a good thing. It's not necessarily a good thing. On... The Marvel um, universe, they try to rush it. They try to get where Marvel is at the moment in their own, in their own universe. Just yeah. rush it forward by a good 20 films. Um, yeah, I mean, this this is the thing, right? Justice League was meant to be the answer to Infinity War. 
It was meant to be the big yeah. team-up movie to end all team-up movies. Um, you know, what they've failed to take into account is that, you know, Marvel took 10 years and 20 movies yeah, to build yeah. that up. You know, they they introduced, you know, hundreds of characters and they gave, they gave the characters depth. But with the DCEU, you've got stuff like Batman vs. Superman, yeah. which was terrible. Man of Steel, which for 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 the most part was okay. I, I had I'd a good say. time with it, but I'd say like I don't remember much from it apart from Michael yeah. Shannon. <laughs> yeah, Michael Shannon was brilliant. Um and then you've got Wonder Woman, which, you know, again I was a, a fine movie. Woman, I mean to be honest. Um See, the thing is, Wonder Woman wasn't I, a forgettable film, and it was, and like you said, it it was a it was a fun film. It's a film where you could have a good time, and like the Mar- like some of the more current Marvel films, it yeah, didn't take yeah. itself too seriously, and I think that's really important. But then you've got films like Aquaman again, didn't take itself too seriously, but wasn't was necessarily brilliant either. I really like James Wan as a director. Um, the Conjuring, yeah. Terrifies James me, um, and yeah, I, 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 I like yeah. this. I, I always back him. Like I was like, oh, I was so happy. And like in a Furious Seven, I was like, you know what? Go on, son. Um, yeah, I mean, it is. It's one of those things where I think James Wan did a good technical job, but yeah, that there, there was stuff yeah. that let it down. The, the screenplay, you know, some of the performances weren't fantastic. It it was a very, you know, it was a very unbalanced film. Yeah, is what yeah. I will say. Um, the news this week for me, um, first one I'm going to go for. Um, to show we, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll take it in turns. We'll do we'll do better news each. Um, so yeah, yeah, of one thing which was, yeah, I think I found more interesting for me this week um, was Michael B. Jordan has been confirmed to direct Creed 3 um, so third one of the, yes. the Rocky series uh, third one of the Creed the spin-off to Rocky series is it in the same series? Who knows? Um, yeah uh, it kind of is <laughs> um, but I find yeah, that I interesting because um, obviously you had uh the first, the first, uh, the first Rocky, which was, um, it wasn't directed by Sylvester Stallone. Um, um, no, it was, um, yeah, the, the first Rocky. It was, uh, um, I'm John not G. Sure. No, no, it wasn't. He, and then he, uh, wrote it. he directed he wrote it. them, then from then onwards. And I think that's interesting how, um, yeah, Michael B. Jordan's kind of doing the same. He's kind of created Apollo Creed Jr. and then he's. Uh, he he's taken this now under his home reign as a continuer, which I do find interesting purely down to the fact Creed two, um Sylvester Stallone announced he was retiring the character of Rocky um when making the film. And two, Creed two I think wrapped up the series very well. Yeah, I think this this is the issue we're gonna have. I mean with with the Rocky films with most films, you know, as you go through the series, there is a sure decline. And, and with Rocky, I mean, you know, there was a... Um, uh, 
they're, they're, they're my guilty pleasure films because Rocky Four is terrible. Like, yeah, on, I mean, on, 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 look, from no yes. one looking at it, looking in, Rocky Four is terrible. It's like ninety percent montage. <laughs> But I love it, man. I mean, there's no, there's no better way to get motivated than watching Sylvester Stallone carry a plank of wood in the snow and he's just troweling through to some, um, <clears throat> to like no easier way out. Some really. I mean, to be honest, I'm I'm reading here that there is a possible Rocky Seven in, in production, nearly. Um, in May 2020, Stallone stated that he is working on a Rocky Seven. It's not officially been greenlit, um, but it's essentially going to be the story of Rocky meeting a young, um, a young guy that gets stuck in um, the country. I'm assuming the USA when he's coming to um, see his sister. He takes him in, and um, yeah, and I'm, I'm going to imagine so Rocky what, trains him what to be is a fighter. Then, you know? th- this, so what's going on there? <laughs> This is what I'm thinking, yeah. But obviously, May 2020, and this is he's still working on it and trying to get it greenlit after he's already said that he's um, announcing um, that, that he's you know retiring the Rocky character. So who knows? It it looks like it's not it's yeah. not going to end anytime I, I, soon. The Rocky series is always holds a close bit, apart from Rocky Five, which is terrible. Um, I hate Rocky Five <laughs> so much. Oh. Like, like Rocky Five I mean, is quite bad. Rocky Four isn't a great film, but I have so much fun with it. But Rocky Five is oh, it's dire. Um, this is the thing. I mean, f- for me, Rocky has gone on too long, and Creed was a Creed really was good Creed was great. reinvention of the series. Creed was Creed two really was good. great. It was solid. And Creed, see, a lot of people thought Creed Two was bad. But in my opinion, Creed 2, I think Creed 2 tried to be bigger. But for me, it didn't Creed really no, work as I'd well. Agree as with that. I'd agree with that. But I had a good Creed time one. with Creed 2. And I thought like the whole Ivan Drago son yeah, thing 100%. was kind of a cool idea. What's, it, what's in Creed 3? Is it going to be like yeah. uh, Mr. T-son? <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> um. It is, yeah, yeah, Mr. T's son, um, played by oh, uh, Deontay Wilder. Obviously. I'd be in for that. Um, which, which, you know what, I, I can see in. it. I am there. To watch that, I would... And, um, yeah, it's like... Year, that would be. I would... To be honest, I... It's like... It's it's always one of these things when... You know, I'd, like, like you said, I really did think that Creed 2 had wrapped it up. But I think the issue is Creed is in danger of going the same um, way yeah, Rocky went. Yeah. I think it's it's very much in danger of going way too far with the story. And I honestly think that it, it is going to be um, a case of Michael B. Jordan will still be playing Creed when he when he, when he's like sixty. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's interesting though to look and, at that. You know, he clearly feels an attachment with his character. Um, and yeah, again, similar to Sylvester Stallone, you know, like he's trying to carry on carrying the torch. Um, yeah, this, but but how far can they go with it? Like, the only thing is, I have a feeling it's going to get really samey. Like, h- how far can you realistically go 
with a series of boxing films, especially when it's oh yeah, you know, linked they've, to they've a huge German, series it's, like it's, Rocket. It's been it's 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 I can't really see how much different it'll be. I mean, I personally, to be honest, if I had to look at Creed three now, do I don't think it'll be well received, specifically critically anyway. Um, I think it'll do well in the box office, uh, no. or you know, if it's on box office, no, if it's streaming, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, it it depend. It obviously it all depends on when it gets a release. I mean, I think the the release is set for some time in twenty twenty two, the end of twenty twenty two. So you know, we're looking at worldwide cinemas being reopened yeah, obviously yeah. at the end of this year hopefully um in a in a month or two for us which is great news um but yeah i don't know Re- realistically I'm curious, how you know. far can they go uh, how far how i i am i i'm, I'm really i'm really intrigued to see I like Michael how far B. Jordan. they're able to um, take it because i think he he's very yeah. good at, um, um what i've seen him in afterwards uh, he obviously his collaboration with Ryan Coogler um and um yeah and in, uh, Black uh, he's great in some more serious roles so Fruitvale Station was pretty good so um one, one just quickly one thing that's definitely worth watching with um Michael B. Jordan Just Mercy um if you haven't seen it it's I believe it's available to um stream on uh Quest yeah. Cinema, I think I saw it over here. And um it's oh, actually quite good. Um check it out. It's got it's got Jamie Foxx in it. Um and it's it's essentially the story of um it's it's a true story of a man called Walter McMillan, um played by Jamie Foxx, who was um falsely accused of murder and imprisoned. This was um in the seventies, I believe. Yeah in the US and um Michael B. Jordan plays his lawyer, Brian Stevenson. And um yeah, it's, it was it was a surprisingly good watch. It was one of them where I thought it'd be a little bit forgettable. Well, that's um, awesome. That's awesome. But yeah it, it was it was very good. Um, I, think, I thought it was very uh, good. I, I I'm curious because I for me I don't think he'll choose a bad role. Um I don't think he'll 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 stretch out the series as much because that's very I have more hope than him just making a replica of um, what what like the Rocky series went. So I, I'm I'm curious to watch it. Anyway, um, have you got some exciting yeah. um, awards season news? Obviously, not the awards that everyone looks forward to. Um, yeah, what if you nominate yeah. it anyway? It's yeah, yeah, I have. Um, so 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 obviously. No, nobody wants I to be nominated if for I a Razzie. If I ever nominate for a Razzie, know? I'm tenant for ceremony. I'm accepting <laughs> this. Just be sure to thank your wife. As, oh, uh, man. But, um... we didn't. Uh... <laughs> oh, man. But, um, yeah, so, obviously, um, the Razzies, there are some absolute stinkers nominated. Um, so, I'm just, I'm just going to give you a bit uh, a run-through of worst picture. Um, oh, thank, 365 thank Days, Absolute Proof, Doolittle, Fan- okay. Fantasy Island, a musical. Uh, not musical, it's called music. Um, so out of the films, I've seen two of them. I've, I've seen, seen 365 Fantasy Days Island. and Doolittle. Both um, were awful. 
I've not yeah, seen Fantasy yeah, Island. I'm glad I was told to avoid it. Do it all. I did. Oh, so um, bad. If it was a miscasting ever, it's Robert Downey Jr. Do little was And three and six months out of sorts yeah, was terrible. Um, music overwear, and I know I think we're not happy with music so, yeah. What about worst um, actor? So, you know what I said? I said earlier that um, there was one that I really disagreed with, and this is coming in this category. Um, so, worst actor: yeah. Robert Downey Jr., Doolittle, Mike Lindell. Um, I don't know who that is. Absolute proof. Yeah. Um, the guy from Three Hundred Sixty-Five Days, um, Michael Marone. David Spade for the wrong Missy. Yeah, it's I'm David Spade. He probably Missy. deserved it. And um, this one. Okay. Adam Sandler for Hubie Halloween. I'd agree with you. I'd Hear agree with you whatever you're going to say here. Because I think that's what I think is... you're going to say here. People I don't think they hated did. Hubie Halloween. Hubie Halloween. look on the context yet. I... Adam Sandler comments. It wasn't terribly reviewed. Like. Like. Hubie Halloween. Was a fun film. It, I, I will, I will stick my neck out here. Hubie Halloween I, I was agree. good. I, I, I think, I think it was good. And Adam Sandler, I think, you know, Adam Sandler, in in a lot of you know his films, he, he has these typical roles. He's either he's like a rich American asshole, or he's <laughs> a kind of poor American asshole. And in this one, he actually he actually kind of takes it to a different level. You know, he kind of takes it to, you know, he, you know, he's 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 a bit, um, you know, he's he's mentally fairly young, and um, he he, he plays that sort of. It's, yeah. it's like a dumb, fun role, and <laughs> the film was like it was just it was kind of interesting. Comedy. I mean, it worked quite well. Yeah, it was, and you know you've got um you've got his thermos uh, that that does about sixteen million things. You had like um, an interesting cast. So you had like a um, Disney Channel and um, uh, Diary of the Wimpy Kid film throwback with Peyton List. You had a uh, nap uh, from Stranger yeah. Things, obviously. I had a really good time with him Halloween. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Hubie Halloween was, you know. It, it was a good. It was a good film. It was, you know, it 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 stars some of the Sandler bunch. You know, you've got like Kevin yeah, James. Yeah, I thought Rob Schneider like ditched Adam Sandler after um, growing up. But, so apparently, they're, they're just they're normal now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I think we're going to be waiting for Grown Ups Three in a couple of years. Imagine I'm, if Grown Ups Three comes out. I'm sort of waiting like, for that. Like, I, you I know what would be the most genius thing ever? Everyone's like expecting like. Kevin James fart jokes. I come into it and it's like a serious drama about middle-aged men. Like I would be, I'd be. Like, Do you know yes, what? I'd be, what? I'd be down for that. I would be down for that. But um, but yeah, Hubie Halloween was a fun film. One one thing I will say that is um, one one thing I will say about this film is Noah Schnapp's performance um, nah, wasn't very nah. good. But I I have a I have a reason. So obviously um. Cameron Boyce, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, Disney Channel star, um, was obviously set to star in the film. Yeah, I believe in Noah Schnapp's role, and obviously, uh, one thing I will say is that, like, that must have been yeah. a difficult yeah. situation for anybody to go in and, you know, step into the shoes of somebody who 
you know, Adam Sandler worked yeah. with on yeah. Grown Ups and Grown Ups too. Um, you know, and sort of fulfill that role. Um, I I will say it did let let the film down, you know, a little bit. I mean, I don't think his his you know fairly mediocre performance was too noticeable, but for me, it kind of. It kind of made yeah, sense. Yeah, I mean, if I was in that position, I'd nice be uncomfortable um, stepping into those shoes. Yeah, it was. But, um, yeah, you told yeah, me. I, I do um, think you'd be Halloween. I always found it kind of ironic because um, when I was something like yeah, that joke where he goes, if uh, Uncut Gems is, he doesn't win a best actor, he's going to make the worst comedy ever. And Hubie Halloween was one of his <laughs> better, like, out of all the comedies he's yeah. made, I would probably choose Hubie Halloween to watch over a lot of them. Yeah, to be honest, I like going into it. Like, like, oh, genuinely no, thought, like, even watching the trailer, <laughs> I was like, "This, this, this, this doesn't look too good." I was like, "Damn!" It, <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah it, it was a fairly enjoyable watch. Um, I, I genuinely thought it was yeah. going to be terrible. I would argue though, like, but, um, the Razzie. No, it always makes me question because I know there's like a thing where they don't watch a lot of the films, they just vote for the general consensus. And I, I do think that's true with Hubie Halloween, because yeah. looking in on the last like year in film, at bad films, if you're going to think, oh, okay, what's going to be nominated? Yeah. For Adam Sandler, you know, Adam Sandler comedy, you're just going to nominate that, aren't you? And that's where I think a lot of them don't, don't actually watch the films that they nominate, um, which kind of does suck, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, um, just just a couple more um, to to run through. Shia LaBeouf was nominated um, for Was Supporting Actor in The Tax Collector, which I haven't seen yeah. yet. Um, Harrison Ford was um, nominated for Worst Screen Combo um, for Harrison Ford and oh, no. that totally fake-looking CGI dog. What about from what, Call who of was the uh, what about the worst um, actress? And then. Uh, worst worst uh, actress we got Anne Hathaway um, for two yeah. for two films, The Witches and the last thing he wanted. Yeah, Katie Holmes mm. for Brahms, The Boy Two. Um, the first film was terrible, and The Secret Dare to Dream. Kate Hudson for music. Um, Lauren yeah. Lapkus for The Wrong Missy and oh, the woman, the Anna Maria Theatrica for Three Hundred Sixty Four Days, which was. Expected and uh, Kristen Wiig was nominated for Wonder Woman 1984 Ooh. as well for uh-huh. worst supporting. I mean, yeah, I haven't seen it. Um, yeah, nor I have I get, get to it. I heard like mediocre it's things, from, but uh, Razzie worthy. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not, no, I'm not, no. I'm not rushing, um, I'm not rushing to see it <laughs> to be fair. But, um, yeah, yeah have, you, um, have you got another so bit of news we talked to about, share with us? We uh, talked about streaming earlier. Um, one thing which I think, uh, to bring it back to yeah. physical media anyway, um, Powerhouse Films, um, or better known for their Blu-ray series Indicator, um, they have some really, really good sets um, and box sets and some quite rare Blu-rays um, with some amazing special features. So, um, yeah. This year they've released a Columbia Noir um, set with the old Columbia. Yeah, which one was it that yeah, you made? Because um, I know they have a couple of Columbia, not made. You bought. They have a yeah, I, I, I have one, and then I've I've ordered two. Um, 
but this weekend yeah. um, they have a flash sale on. Um, there's a few other sets which I've I've ordered. So I've ordered uh, John Ford at Columbia, uh, director of the searches. Um, but a few like recommendations I'd look at yeah. if you if you're looking to get in them. Um, the Samuel Fuller collection at Columbia, 937 to 61. Some really good films about Hollywood um, in the realm of Hollywood. Um, great stuff. Um, and if you're looking just for a, a film to pick up, um, there's this individual that I think you probably worth worth a chance in getting if you haven't seen is Cisco Pike. Um, it's about a musician in Los Angeles in the seventies, and it kind of depicts that period where, like, the end of the hippie movement, and you go from a period of such joy to uh, the end of the period, kind of ripping souls and uh, ruining the mood, basically. Um, but I really recommend supporting them, especially if you're yeah. interested in physical media. Um, they've got some of their special features. Cisco Pike, um, Blu-ray that I was recommended, recommended. It was probably my favourite Blu-ray that was released in 2020. Um, some really, really great special um, special features. Um, but any of the box sets are released as well. Um, none of the Columbia, Columbia Noir sets are on sale, but the John Ford one that is on sale... Um, yeah, it's um, on sale £30 on just um, now. That's pretty good. Mike Scorsese on there. Um, some really, really good stuff. And it, I, I will say, looking through now, yeah. it does look like things are selling out quite quickly. So, um, um, if you if you there's some really, really good stuff uh, on there, and they're really, really great. Um, physical, um, uh, supporting physical media, um, especially in film, and uh, I love special features. That's one of my favourite parts of the Blu-rays, and they get some really, really good stuff on their Blu-rays. Um, so I, I definitely recommend checking out the Indicator um, collection on Powerhouse Films. Um, go region free, by the way, yeah. if you're uh, in the US. By the way, um, it's, yeah, it's worth it because I think US. they are the best. Um, company at the moment in this area, and they're obviously UK based, so supporting the home, the home crew. But I'd, I'd, I'd really recommend it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I only have one more bit of news. Um, you may have seen today that. Um, oh, what was I going to say? Yeah, um, Avengers Endgame lost out on the highest grossing film of all time today. Um, it, has, it has been moved down to second place by Avatar um, following a Chinese re-release of uh. the film. So, um, I, I, feel like, I feel like this, you know, battle will be ongoing forever. Um, but yeah, so... I mean, not, not, at the no, end of the day, it's um, just Disney congratulating Disney on beating a Disney film. <laughs> yeah. It is. Yeah, obviously, because um, D- Disney own all all Fox property. So, um, yeah, D- Dis- Disney are essentially, you know, I don't know if it's a purposeful... Um, I don't, it could be similar to the All the films are open in China. Um, and when everything opens back up again, yeah. there probably won't be a lot of new content to show, so I think... Yeah, yeah. so it, it it could just be the case of um, them just putting films out, um, to be fair, and yeah. Avatar's always a good one to see in the cinema. 
So um, yeah, that happened today. So um, um that that's my last. That's bit kind of, of it. So do you have me, any more? Um, one film which I did see the trailer of this week um, is which again, like it, it's kind of a um a, a low key one, but Granada Knights. It's about a British tourist who moves to. It's like a coming of age story, and I love a coming coming of age film like uh like John Hughes. Um, and uh, it's about a British tourist who moves to Spain, yeah. meets friends, goes to parties, that sort of stuff. Um, and I just think it's interesting setting it in Spain for one, the location. Um, but it's there's not many people in the, in the film I've heard of, and I'm kind of curious to check it out because um, quite. Uh, I, feel, I I like a coming of age film, and I feel like I'm due a, a new one. And uh, set in Spain, it's interesting, and I, I'm curious to see it. But yeah. That's really it for me. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to check out the trailer for that one. Um, but yeah, that, that's it from me as well. And um, yeah, it's been a nice chilled yeah. episode. Um, not really a specific focus, but with with sort of covered some of the stuff we've watched um some of the cool news and um, yeah. yeah it's been it's yeah. been a really fun one to record we're sort of getting back into the groove and um one, one thing before we go um if if you want to quickly run through um what we sort of got coming up sort of um the direction we're hoping to go with um with the yeah. podcast um, in the future so we're going to look at and investigate um or it's going to be similar to um, when you used to go to the cinema, you get to see the calendar that's on. We'll be looking at each episode um, from a specific genre. So 80s action films, 70s TV horror films, um, OO's comedies, you know, and um, we'll, re- we'll be listening off some of our best ones. We'll try and yeah. get a few guests on some people in the industry, some just cool people. And yeah. um, hopefully, we will we have some insights, have some discussion. Some um, hopefully, recommend a few films that you know, uh, you guys never seen, or while doing the episodes, we may come across uh, a hidden gem or a film that's kind of been forgotten about and uh, check it out for you guys. Um, so yeah, th- th- there'll probably be a lot longer episodes, um, but they'll be a lot of fun, and uh, I'm excited. Yeah, I mean. That there'll be episodes where, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to cover a, a lot. You just said eighties action, and I'm really excited. Yeah, that's some really uh, good yeah. picks in that uh, one. So, look out for this. Um, we'll, we'll build a bit. We'll, I mean, check out our social yeah, medias below, um, um, and um, we'll start promoting stuff. There are some cool I new know, logo know, work Jack's, going Jack's on. I've been the old uh, Adobe software. Um, See, this is the thing, Corey. I, this is the thing. I get an idea in my head, and I'm like, yeah, this is great. I mean, I don't know if you saw it, but last week um, I made one, and it was crap. It was on Photoshop, and it was like a film reel case with, like, it had, like, tape on it with the title. I did. It's like I kind of liked it, but then, like, I don't know. I wasn't happy with it, and then I made a new one, and that's on there now. There's a full-size picture on the Instagram if you want to go and have a look at that. Um. Yeah, I've just been busy, and I have way too many but, ideas. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll let you know what's going on Instagram. 
I think we'll also, um, with the episodes coming up, we'll come over across some hidden gems, especially when we look to more like obscure stuff. Um, we'll get a letterbox set up and we can start, you know, creating lists for you guys. Um, yeah, um, that, that's a good yeah. What 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 I'll do is just just quickly when I when I set up the letterbox, what I'll do is I'll create a list for every episode and all the films that we've talked about in in said episodes they'll be featured on that so um if you guys want to you know find a particular film that either myself or jake was talking about then you can just go on there and you'll be able to find it but um that's it for today um, yeah Um, that's it for this episode a a nice chilled one and uh we get back into it now um so yeah a nice chilled one thanks for joining Um, us uh our socials are all going to be touched um, below thanks um, for listening again yeah um, they'll be linked somewhere. again you know physical media if you're interested the indicator felt the indicator sale is on this weekend so i would recommend checking that out but apart from that that's it from me um jack do you want to finish yeah um yeah that that's it from me too so um thank you thank you for listening and yeah, um yeah thank we'll you. see you Bye. next week Bye-bye. bye bye